0: Hi there, everyone, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. We've been off for a couple of weeks of vacation, but now we're back, and in this episode we have a homily for Sunday, September 3rd, 2023. Today's homily is based on the 12th chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. Let's start off by hearing what Paul has to say. Paul writes, Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The Word of the Lord. Dear God, may only your truth be spoken, and only your truth be heard. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. It's good to be back after having a couple of weeks away. Have you ever been to one of those parties where the host encourages people to get to know each other by playing an icebreaker game? There was one that was quite popular for a while called Two Truths and a Lie. As the name implies, each person had to tell everyone two things about themselves that were true and one thing about themselves that was a lie. Then the other partygoers had to figure out which one was which. The better that the players knew each other, the easier this game became. The better that you know someone, the easier it is to tell what is in character for them and, conversely, what is not in character. In his letter to the Christians in Rome, the Apostle Paul spends a fair bit of time talking about the characteristics that help identify someone as being a genuine Christian. Before we jump into today's text, let's step back and consider Paul's letter to the Romans from a bit of a distance. There are a number of things that we can learn from a comprehensive understanding of Paul's letter to the Roman Christians. Not to overstate the obvious, but it's important to remember that Paul's writings were originally written as letters. Most of them were addressed to a particular Christian community, with the exception of the letter to Philemon, which was addressed to an individual. If you have never sat down and read one of Paul's letters from beginning to end as though it were an actual letter, I would encourage you to do so it certainly helps to give a better picture of what Paul was trying to communicate to his audience. One of the unique things about Paul's letter to the Romans is that he had never been to Rome before writing his letter. In fact, he is pretty clear that despite never having met them before, visiting the Christians in Rome is on his bucket list. He talks about how well known they've become for their faithfulness and how much their reputation has encouraged him in his own ministry. Can you imagine how it would have felt for the Christians in Rome to receive this letter? This letter was high praise from the famous Paul, who had planted churches all over the Mediterranean basin. When we compare Paul's letter to the Romans with his other works, we see another important feature. Most of Paul's letters are written to correct bad behavior or inaccurate doctrine or teaching, but not so in the letter to Rome. While Paul's letter to the Roman Church does contain a doctrinal element, the tone is more encouraging than it is corrective. We can see a significant difference in the tone when we compare Paul's letter to Rome with his letters to the Corinthian Church, in which he offers correction and threatened discipline. Paul is encouraging the good behavior that he's heard about in Rome and tells them how much he's looking forward to visiting them so that they both might learn from each other. When we read Paul's letter from the beginning, it reads a little like a traditional sermon with three major points. Paul begins his letter by explaining his understanding of the Christian faith. He explains that although God had a special relationship with the people of Israel, they didn't own God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was everyone's God. Secondly, Paul explains that we are justified by faith, not by our obedience to a set of laws. He describes this as an expression of God's compassion towards humanity, rather than humanity being expected to live up to some unachievable standard. God welcomes us because God loves us, not because of our ability to please God. Paul goes on to describe what this faith looks like when lived out in an individual's life. The third and final major point that Paul makes in his letter is to argue that the Christian faith must have a communal expression. That is to say that the Christian faith is not simply a private, individual issue, but needs to find expression both in the immediate faith community, but also in the larger community beyond the local church community. We see Paul referring to the Roman Christians whom he has never met as brothers and sisters. He's using the analogy of a family unit to break down the barriers between Jew and Gentile. He continues to emphasize that while we all have different gifts, we are like members of the same body. We see Paul encouraging his audience to live in harmony with each other, associating with everyone, independent of their racial or cultural background. Paul even describes showing kindness as a way of heaping coals on the head of your enemy. So what application does this text have for us today in our modern context? I began today by talking about that party mixer in which people had to tell two truths and a lie. Other guests would then guess which was true and which was false. The better that the guests knew each other, the easier this game became because over time we begin to understand what traits are consistent with other people's personality types. There is a connection here to the advice that Paul is giving the Christians in Rome. He is telling the Roman Christians to live a life that is consistent with the teachings of Christ. Take another listen at what Paul writes. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Those words are as relevant today as they were when they were first written. They challenge us to examine how we live with each other, both within our own parish as well as caring for the needs of those beyond our parish. It's these characteristics that help us recognize when we and others are genuinely living out the Christian faith. Just like in that icebreaker game, we shouldn't be surprised when a person who practices these traits claims to be a Christian. The bottom line is that our faith in Jesus Christ means that we need to learn to function together to the benefit of the whole, not just in the immediate community of our local parish, but also with those in the world beyond. Paul's words encourage us to examine our relationships with those in our immediate faith community. There is an element in Paul's letter that acknowledges that relationships can sometimes be difficult. When we're honest, We have to admit that even the best relationships occasionally include conflict. Neither Paul nor even Jesus denies the existence of conflict in relationships. In fact, they talk about conflict openly. Paul admits the existence of conflict when he discourages the faithful from seeking retribution and using compassion to heap burning coals on the heads of their enemies. Without denying the existence of disagreement, Paul encourages his audience to overcome conflict with love and compassion. Paul's letter is not simply encouraging us to be nice people, although that's a good start. Paul's letter to the Romans in particular, and the New Testament in general, encourages us to examine all of our relationships. Do we see ourselves and others as created and loved by God? Does it affect the way that we treat others, even when the going gets tough. Jesus once taught his disciples that there's nothing unusual about being good to those who like you. The challenge lies in how we treat those people that we don't like or those who don't agree with us. This is one of the ways that we are called to live out our faith in the context of relationship. Let's pray. O God, whose word burns like a fire within us, Grant us a bold and faithful spirit, so that in your strength we may be unafraid to speak your word and follow where you lead, through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen.